0: This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners
2: Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSAN and VSAN.com, the Sports Betting Network. Final hour of the program. I'm Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. I'm a partner. James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, and we want to bring in a third member to the roundtable discussion here. Matt Derrick is our guest. He is a beat writer for ChiefsDigest.com. He's a member of the Pro Football Writers of America. He's an author, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Matt Derrick. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the program. I do want to talk to you a little bit about the Rams and the 49ers as well, but let's go to your wheelhouse first. And, of course, that is the Kansas City Chiefs. James and I have been talking about this game throughout the program. Uh, The Chiefs have one less day of rest. Uh, Of course, they played on Sunday. The Bengals played on Saturday. And it was such an emotionally exhausting win over the Buffalo Bills. Is there anything, can we make a point that maybe they are just a little bit drained and they come into this game a little bit sluggish, maybe for the first quarter, the first half or something, and maybe that gives the Bengals a slight edge here?
3: It's always possible, but it's hard, to, it's hard to see something like that sneaking up on a team like this that has so much postseason experience and honestly has a lot of cardiac moments too. I mean, this isn't their first kind of victory like that over the last three or four seasons. It's been kind of their MO. Um, and, and even Eric B joked uh, the other day, the offensive coordinator about how that he only allowed himself 13 seconds to celebrate after that game. Um, but I, it certainly seems like the beginning Monday, Andy Reid, try to get these guys focused on the task at hand and the fact that they're on a bit of a revenge tour. I mean, they, they wanted to get back to buff Buffalo because of week five and this, this Cincinnati team has absolutely has their attention because of what just happened earlier this month. So I don't see how there's anything about this game that could sneak up on them, given what they want to accomplish and, and given that the, the Bengals have already gotten their attention.
1: Matt, and speaking of attention, definitely going to have attention on Jamar Chase from last game. I mean, Jamar Chase had a monster game, 11 receptions, 266 yards, three touchdowns, a lot of missed tackles leading to some of those big plays too. And really noticed going back and watching the game that was a lot of single coverage when it was, when, when Chase was on that boundary side, didn't have a whole lot of safety help. I got to suspect that that Spags is going to Roll some safety coverage back there this time, and be more aware that you can't just play a lot of man under against Jamar Chase. Gotta have some safety help. What do you think that matchup's gonna look like this time around against that passing game, in particular with Jamar Chase?
3: Yeah, you've got to think that just what the Chiefs have even, I even saw on film last week against the Titans, because what Tennessee did against the Bengals. The exact opposite of what the Chiefs did. I mean, the Chiefs tried in in week 16, week 17, rather, um, tried to go after Joey Burrow with blitzes, and he just absolutely ate them up. And you're right. I mean, they spent most of the day in single coverage, um, really weren't rolling any help over to anybody who was on Jamar Chase. And that bit them on some really big plays, obviously. So, yeah, uh, you have to expect this time around, Um, that they're going to steal some elements of what the Titans did, that they're not going to be bringing um, extra guys. You know, the chiefs brought five or six rushers through most of that game. You got to think that's the thing of the past, that they're going to put a little bit more emphasis in the coverage, um, use some bracketing, at least Jamar chase. You got to worry about the other guys too. I mean, there's single coverage nightmares all over the place. But uh, I think the one thing that Joe Burrow has proven is that he could eat up the blitz. Um, The best way to attack him is to to try and just go after him with three and four and, and cover those guys as best you can.
2: Matt, I want to ask you about the total in this game. Right now in Las Vegas, we're seeing it at 54 and a half. And it's been getting bet to the over really all week long. And that's understandable. Just look at these teams. What we've seen the Chiefs do, they've scored 42 points two weeks in a row. We know of the offensive firepower between Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, really that entire receiving core for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, what is your opinion here? Are we going to see more fireworks of offense in this game? or maybe is that number a little bit high just based on what we've seen lately out of both of these teams. And maybe they play us. Maybe they slow it down a little bit in this version.
3: Yeah. I was a crazy outlier that thought that was exactly what we would see last week with Chiefs in Buffalo, uh, <laughs> that we'd see a couple of couple of offenses that maybe tested their shots early and, and maybe pulled their punches a bit and, and, and tried to play a little bit more conservative. and The defenses would step up and, that's not what happened. I mean, at this point, it's it's all about the offenses, I think, for both of these teams. And obviously, if this game becomes a two-possession game at any point, I think you're just going to see that increase. So, yeah, to me, it's hard to believe that over not getting hit pretty easily. Um, is there an outcome where one of these offenses struggles? It's there. It's a possibility. Uh, but it, it just certainly hasn't happened in a lot of Chiefs games that you, you just see the offenses go away completely. I mean, this, this offense gets going. And the, the problem is, is that sometimes their pass coverage can be a little bit leaky when they do have those big leagues, the big leads and other teams go into all throw mode.
1: Matt, so you mentioned the pass coverage, and I want to get your perspective on the the linebackers in coverage for Kansas City. There's some prop bets out here that I'm playing when it comes to Joe Mixon. I think he's going to really be a factor in the passing game this time around. If you're going to roll coverage and have safeties playing high to prevent big plays with Jamar Chase and company over the top, I think that's going to leave Mixon and some space against linebackers to receive the ball from Burrow out of the backfield. How have the linebackers for Kansas City 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 dealt with running backs in coverage throughout the season and how do they match up in this game against Joe Mixon
3: yeah you're right and that that really is a pick your poison because if you do go with some light boxes and, and attack the Bengals that way you're absolutely opening up the possibility for Mixon a little bit not just out of the backfield but even in the passing game too and, you know, and, and last week the, the Bills came out early and, and they tried to go to Devin Singletary early on, on Anthony Hitchens and at the linebacker group. And the Chiefs had to make some adjustments. They had to go to, to Nick Bolton and Willie Gay a little bit more in their coverage. But what the Chiefs really like to do when they're, they're most effective is also when they get, they get six defensive backs on the field. And, and, yeah, that makes it a problem a little bit in the, in the run game. Um, but that also gives them the benefit of being able to put a safety uh, on a, on a, one of the running backs coming out. So uh, yeah, if that's the case, I could certainly see the Chiefs spending most of this dime in dime coverage because, frankly, during the season, I mean, it's been their their most effective defensive look most of the time.
2: Matt Derrick is our guest. He is a beat writer for ChiefsDigest.com, also a member of the Pro Football Writers of America, and you can follow him on Twitter. <laughs> (laughs) at Matt Derrick. That's D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Matt, let's switch over to the NFC Championship. Of course, the Los Angeles Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers. They just met in week 18, the 49ers winning that game. And that's why they're here anyway. Uh, Had to win that game just to get into the tournament. And of course, we know, we've talked about it all week long. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay as of late, winning both games uh, outright as underdogs earlier this season and has beaten him now six times in a row. Does it continue, in your opinion, on Sunday?
3: You know, it's the way that the 49ers have played them, and the fact that that is a you know a team with a lot of postseason experience. I mean, both teams are, but remember, you know, I mean, 49ers are just two years removed from that Super Bowl with the Chiefs, and, and they gave Kansas City all they could for 50 minutes. Uh, that 49ers defense gets it done. Um, I, the offense, obviously, they're kind of doing a little bit with Devo Samuel and Smoke and Mirrors. Um, but if this ends up being the, the, exact opposite of the AFC game where the best offense wins might be the best defense that wins. And I think overall, that might be the 49ers could pull the upset, but, but my, my gut says, I think the Rams hold court.
1: So thinking about that, holding court at the Rams are able to win this game, that means they'll host the Super Bowl in two weeks at their home stadium. What is going to be the key to victory for the Rams on that defensive side? Because I think that's the challenge. The Rams are a very finesse football team, and I think that's why San Francisco's had so much success over the last few years, playing to their identity, being physical up front, rushing the football consistently. And aside from Aaron Donald in the, in the interior making big plays, who else is going to be able to step up? Up for this Rams defense to try to contain that running game for San Francisco.
3: Yeah, you know what? I mean, uh, talking with some people in Kansas City, everybody feels like that if yeah, that it's the, if the Chiefs and the Rams in the Super Bowl. Kind of watch probably Von Miller. I mean, that's the guy that's most familiar with this Kansas City team. He's familiar with with Patrick Mahomes. I, you know what? I mean, he's a wily veteran. I could definitely see him playing a big factor. Uh, that, I would love to see that. I mean, the last time that these two teams, you know, played—remember that 2018 season, 54-51—I wouldn't mind seeing another Super, a Super Bowl like that. Uh, that would be a great show, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, that I, I, to me, I think that would be a, a fantastic matchup between those two teams.
2: Matt, we have heard so much really throughout the playoffs and, and maybe throughout his entire career. Jimmy Garoppolo gets a pretty bad rap. Uh, which side of the fence are you on here? Uh, are you a Jimmy G backer or do you think he has a lot of flaws and could cost the 49ers uh, another trip to the Super Bowl here?
3: I mean, I do see a guy with some flaws and remember, I mean, a lot of people will tell you that, Hey, maybe Jimmy G missed a couple of throws in that super bowl. Certainly the the missed deep ball to Emmanuel Sanders might've made that game completely different. Uh, You know what? I I, I was thinking about this earlier today. And I mean, he just reminds me a lot of Alex Smith. I mean, Mm -hmm. he is a game manager, Um, but you see what can happen when you get an electric quarterback like Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City offense it just takes things to a different level. And sometimes you can't do things with a guy like that. So I think there's a lot to respect in in Garoppolo's game, but you know what? When the big plays have to be made, it just doesn't seem like he's the guy that gets it done.
2: All right. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Pro Football Blitz, Mr. Derek, and uh, you enjoy the uh, championship weekend here. And of course, you're Kansas City Chiefs.
3: Looking forward to it. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. All right,
2: that is Matt Derrick. So he's got the uh, he's going with the chalk there, James. The Chiefs and the Rams to uh, host the Super Bowl, and he talked about it. That wild game that we saw just a couple
1: of seasons ago. Remember that one that was supposed to be in Mexico City? Yeah. Yeah, it was in Los Angeles. And if it goes back, now the Chiefs would have to play the second straight Super Bowl. If that's the matchup, second straight Super Bowl in their opponent's home stadium. They did that last year against Tampa. and They'll have to do the same thing with the Rams if it plays out that way.
2: Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, I promised the best bets and uh, I'm going to deliver now. They will be up in the next segment right here on the Pro Football Blitz as we roll on at B-6.
3: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on
1: VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure vsin is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join vsin, the betting experts before, during, and after the action, all at vsin.com. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. Time for our best bets that we've made for the weekend and James I have a conference future on the San Francisco 49ers I bet prior to the season kicking off I have that at just a little less than seven to one so hopefully uh, they can win this game over the uh, Los Angeles Rams and I can cash that ticket Um, the bet I made specifically for this game as far as uh, you know side total what have you is I did a two-team teaser with both of these games, and I actually went to a seven-point teaser. Uh, I rarely go the full seven points, but I felt it was important to get to the key numbers. So I took the Bengals to plus 14, obviously 14 a key number there. uh, and, And you cross with the Bengals getting the seven. You're crossing some key numbers, too, like 10 and 13 and 11 and what have you. Uh, with the 49ers, I took that one up seven points and got to the other side of ten, plus ten and a half. And of course, in that one, you're you're crossing the four and the six and the seven and the eight and all that good stuff. So the Niners getting ten and a half and the Bengals plus fourteen is my two-team seven-point
1: teaser. As far as the thinking about both of these games, well, you. The back door, I think, is already going to be open for Cincinnati. And the fact that now you're going to add on to it, well, now you're going to have even more of a chance for that backdoor lover cover to be able to come in and, and make that happen. And I think on the other side with San Francisco, uh, getting that number beyond those two scores, man, this is going to be, to me, this is a, uh, a field goal game, a coin flip game in this sense. Love getting beyond the two scores there at, at the 10 and a half, but also with the Niners feeling like this is a game where they have the confidence stepping in there that they know how to beat this team against the L.A. Rams. We know that. And I just, from a confidence standpoint, the Niners surely have that. Now the Rams, from a a motivational standpoint and a competitive pride piece, I think that's the other part for the Rams. There's going to be competitive pride. We were talking with Tyler Dragon earlier in the show. Uh, He's going to be at SoFi Stadium for this game on Sunday. And he said it's been Aaron Donald very vocal about this and the fact that they've been pushed around and they've gotten work the last six games against San Francisco. This is going to be such a competitive game. To me, it's a coin flip. So you're getting two scores on your side sitting at the 10.5. That's a great spot.
2: James, uh, you and I both have a position on the Cincinnati-Bengal-Kansas City Chiefs game. You've got a prop bet on Joe Mixon to go over 29.5 receiving yards. And I actually played under the total in the game. Had to uh, pay 20 cents, but 55 is the number. Under 55 in the Bengals and the Chiefs. I, I just think this number has gotten a little high. Um, what we've seen out of these offenses the past few weeks, I, I think is maybe inflating our perspectives a little bit here. Uh, do you see any correlation at all with the success that Mixon has and, and your passing prop and the total in this game? Would you lean one way or another as far as the total?
1: Well, that would tell you if if Mixon, and I do have him at 29 and a half, and I, it's not a best bet. If that's a best bet. I also did bet him as far as Mixon receiving it. it number of receptions over three and a half. Now, I had to pay some juice for that, so I don't usually like to put out a $1.50 and say that's the best bet. That's a that's a big juice. That's something I bid bet, too. But feeling like if they are checking down, we do have Kansas City playing more safety coverage, and they're going to have to have roll some safeties to, to chase on that side. They did not do that, especially to that boundary side like we've talked about. It was a lot of one-on-one coverage. Well, that's not going to happen again. Chase ate them up. They tried multiple corners to try to contain them. None of them worked. So going to have to go back to the drawing board, and I know Spags likes to put a lot of pressure fronts, bring some blitzes, and put guys in a lot of single coverage. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. That means kind of similar to what we've seen. Brady from Kansas City's opponents all season long, high safeties, keep everything in front. Yes, both, those, both quarterbacks are going to have the ability to make completions, but I think it's going to be shorter completions underneath. And in Mixon, yeah, it's kind of correlated. If Mixon is getting the, those opportunities and he had seven receptions for 40 yards in that Week 17 matchup, that's going to kind of grind the clock. Anytime the, We know the only time the clock stops is going to be on incomplete passes. And so for both of these guys, having the, the array of – uh, receivers to throw the football to as well as to your point brady joe Mixon getting involved in the passing game means that that now burrow is going to have to start to check the ball down not everything is going to be big play potential over the top young fella take what the defense gives you i think Kansas city's going to give some opportunities for Mixon to catch the football underneath that will help grind the clock and in a sense get to that total and keep it under
2: james let's talk about another one here that maybe is a little bit correlated you have cam Akers. Under 18 and a half rushing attempts in the 49ers and the Rams game. And I have the game over the total over 45 and a half. Um, If Cam Akers has less than 18 attempts rushing, it probably means that Los Angeles is throwing the ball more often than they're running it. And that's what you like if you're on the over the total.
1: Yeah, I think, well, for sure, both these teams, especially the Rams, needing to throw the football. i I struggled to figure out what are we going to see from the Rams for, uh, with Cam Akers coming back. Now, he came back quickly. Everybody thought when he tore his Achilles uh, leading up in a training camp that, all right, season's done for him. So great job by Akers getting back out there from the Achilles surgery. Usually that's a full year off and being able to come back six months later. But is he fully healthy? Not really sure how fully healthy he is, but the fact that, yeah, you the one thing you don't get to simulate when you're doing rehab is taking hits and guys coming up and stripping the football. Well... Cam Akers fumbled twice in that game, and those were crucial spots. One to end the half, basically, when they were going in really could have put a hammer. He fumbled right at the goal line to end the first half and then put the ball on the ground, was stripped in that late in that fourth quarter that gave Brady and company life to, to score a short field and score a touchdown on tie of the football game up. I just don't know if Cam Akers, right now, from a, a standpoint of being in a competitive space where he's going to feel like he's got the confidence to hang on to the football, just not being ready for the the speed of the game and the other side is is McVay fully confident in acres knowing that he hasn't had the the full amount of rehab to get back out there and tote the football that many times the fact that you have Sony Michelle there and when he had his opportunities midway through the season he excelled he played well Sony Michel does not put the football on the ground out at in 208 carries this year he's fumbled just one time he's had 99 carries in his playoff career did not put the ball on the ground the ground once and if you remember that super bowl 53 when he was a member was sony michelle of the new england patriots he was the only one that scored a touchdown in that game and that low scoring affair in super bowl 53 i just think we're going to see more of sony michelle taking away some of those carries from cam Akers. i just can't see how he gets to 18 and a half it's ticked down in most places now to 17 and a half i still recommend it there i just can't see cam Akers being featured that much in the running game
2: what about the total? Do you think the, the running game or the lack thereof uh, has this game becoming uh, more of an attack through the air for the Rams anyway, and uh, we get over the 45-and-a-half? I, I just think the last couple San Francisco games have maybe got this number ticked down a little bit. The two games that the Rams and the 49ers have already played this season, your average was 49-and-a-half points. So that's a pretty significant difference over this number here. And I don't know if a lot of people really realize it, but the Niner offense is explosive. I, I mean, as far as a yards per play and and Debo Samuel and George Kittle with yards after the catch, run after the catch, the yak stat. I mean, this team can score often and quickly, even though they do it with a ground attack, and you know it's that ground and pound, um, I, I think their offense can be very explosive. So, And we know the Rams as well. Uh, so I think this goes over the total of 45 and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm going to stay away from the total in this matchup. I've already got – I'm playing the side, so usually you know me, Brady. If I've got a position on the side, I'm not going to get involved with the total. So I've got San Francisco plus the 4.5, laying the dollar twenty in this matchup. I also got the money line plus 165. I feel like giving me plus 165 in a game that feels like a coin flip and a team that knows how to beat – the Rams they've done it six straight times I think my biggest concern with that total would be the fact that Trent Williams at the left tackle position he's the best offensive lineman for San Francisco and he's the nasty man up front man he is he's a bear of a dude up there and he is as physical as they come but I suspect he's going to play he missed the last game back in week 18 with an elbow injury so he's not fully healthy with his elbow injury when it comes to engaging you're gonna have to engage Aaron Donald and the fact that he now is dealing with an ankle injury for leverage I I think Aaron Donald's going to have a big day in that backfield. Those two games this season, Aaron Donald had 15 tackles total. His prop for tackles in this game, tackles and assists, is sitting at four and a half, and it's juiced to the under. I took it plus 110. Donald's been very vocal. He's going to be after it. I think he's going to have some some opportunities to make some plays in that backfield. He had a couple tackles for loss in the last game. I think Donald has a big game. That's my concern about this total here. I think both defenses are going to come to play, especially on the San Francisco side. But I love Aaron Donald in this matchup to go over his tackles and assists sitting at four and a half plus the 110. Very interesting
2: angle in this game as well, and that will be the fans in the stands. Uh, It was in week 18 where the San Francisco fans really dominated the L.A. crowd, and it looks like it could be that way again at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. We'll come back and talk about possible Super Bowl scenarios that we like here on the Pro Football Bits. We'll be right back.
0: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: If you missed any part of our show or anything on the v schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsincom slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money. My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all for free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. James, we were talking about our best bets in the last segment, and I figured I would save this one that I made uh, for now because we're going to talk about possible Super Bowl scenarios. And I, I made just a little funny money bet, uh, I believe it was last night, Um, on Super Bowl MVP, and I took a shot with Elijah Mitchell at 40-1. to Um, Obviously, the 49ers have to get to the Super Bowl, um, whether they get there and play the Chiefs or the the Bengals, what have you. Um, We know that this San Francisco offensive attack is run-heavy, and really the star of that run-heavy attack is Elijah Mitchell. Um, And we know the Chiefs don't have a tremendous defense in defending the run, nor do the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, So, you know, if Elijah, first of all, if the 49ers get to the Super Bowl, his odds might be cut in half. Uh, Second of all, if they do get to the Super Bowl, this guy could have, you know, 120 yards rushing and a couple of touchdowns and cash that ticket.
1: Well, and if San Francisco wins the Super Bowl, it's it's not going to be because Garoppolo is the one throwing for 300 yards and making big plays in the passing game. It, it, it could be Mitchell as well as Samuel, and I think that's, the, that, that, that's one there. We think about Samuel and, and how he's just continued to evolve rushing the football and all the different creative ways that Shanahan has incorporated Debo Samuel into that offense. I think the other side too would be that defense. Let's say it is. Let, let's say it's a rematch of the Super Bowl of a couple of years ago, where it's San Francisco facing off against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think this Kansas City Chiefs that offensive line now. Couldn't get any worse than what they put out there last year against Tampa Bay, and Mahomes is running for his life last year. But uh, it's not; it's it's an improved offensive line, but it's not a stellar offensive line. So maybe somebody on the defensive side too, if we have some of those, and look a little deeper beyond not only the rushing game for San Francisco, but if it ends up getting there, because that's where I feel like it's going to be. I think it's going to be a rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple of years ago with Kansas City and San Francisco, and in this case here. The defense, does the defense, if that's the matchup, the defense like what happened with Tampa Bay? I know it was Brady that ended up being the Super Bowl MVP last year for Tampa, but could somebody on the defensive side as well, not only with Mitchell rushing the football, but somebody, a Bosa, Fred Warner, somebody making 12 tackles, getting in there and getting after Mahomes as well with a, a sack or two, a big play on on defense of that, getting a turnover Maybe there's somewhere to look not only with the rushing game for San Francisco, but on the defensive side if we have some props like that as well.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I took a look at Eric Armstead uh, at at 125 to one to be the Super Bowl MVP. So no, I I'm with you. The same line of thinking there that you could see a defensive star really emerge if it is the San Francisco 49ers that end up uh, advancing and winning. The Super Bowl, Um, if the 49ers are in the Super Bowl, uh, if they take on the Bengals, I made that line two and a half. I made the 49ers a two and a half point favorite over the Bengals. And if they are going to face the Chiefs, I made the Chiefs a two and a half point favorite over San Francisco. Now I, I was pretty close here. Uh we've got some lines from the Westgate, and I believe they made the Chiefs a three point favorite over the Niners, if that is indeed the scenario. And then uh, I did guess right, two and a half over the Bengals if that is the case. And uh, that's exactly what it is. Chiefs minus three, 49ers minus two and a half. Those are the lines at possible Super Bowl scenarios over at the Westgate. Um, what do you think James? you just said uh, you'd probably think it was going to be 49ers Chiefs in a rematch from 2019. Uh, would you be taking the three points there with San Francisco?
1: No, I'd be looking at the money line of anything I, th- I think for a game like that with San Francisco uh, plus 140 uh, may- and maybe you'll find some you probably I wouldn't bet it now. Uh, because I think you'll find if if that's the case here, maybe as, as if that is the matchup, and it is Kansas City and San Francisco, and depending how San Francisco looks offensively against the Rams here, and that's my biggest concern. I've, I, we saw no offensive touchdowns last week with San Francisco. Granted, it was in Lambeau Field, and it was frigid temperatures; nobody could do anything offensively in that game. But if they don't have a stellar offensive performance, and it is the defense that car- the defense and the running game for San Francisco that carries them into the Super Bowl with a win over Los Angeles on Sunday, does that number tick up? Where does the money come in when it comes to the Chiefs? Do you see more money coming in on Patrick Mahomes back to the Super Bowl for a th- uh, for another season, a third straight year for that Kansas City Chiefs team and all the experience that they have in there? Uh, I'm still going to lean towards the Niners here, but I'd probably be skipping the number and looking for a better price on the money line.
2: Uh, James, if the two favorites prevail here and we have the Rams and the Chiefs in Super Bowl 56, uh, the line at the Westgate is Chiefs minus two and a half. I said Chiefs minus one and a half. Um, I don't know. You, you know, I, I, I know you kind of like San Francisco in that game. If it was Chiefs versus Rams, who do you like better in that matchup? And, you know, almost a pick them game.
1: Yeah, I think. I'd have to favor the Chiefs in that matchup, I think, just trying to think ahead and with Mahomes and all the – uh, all the the experience that they're going to bring coming back to the Super Bowl again, and they've won it before. So they know how... They've tasted victory before. They've also tasted defeat. So just having all that experience under their under their collective belts as a team to put them into the matchup with the, with the Rams, I just don't like... I'm really just not a Rams fan. Brady, I just feel like this is a very finesse football team. And not that the Chiefs are this power power football team on either side of the football. They're not. They have pretty finesse as well. But you want to we're going to match up offensively and we're going to talk about Stafford and I like the weapons that they have out there. OBJ continues to find ways to be more acclimated. I think McVay's finding more packages to get OBJ involved and utilize his skill set and his talent as a receiver for Los Angeles and Cooper Cup's tremendous, but both teams are very one-dimensional and it's all going to fall on the quarterbacks to have to make the plays and in that case there, I'm going to favor Mahomes with his experience and what he's done in the past. Let's
2: talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. If they make it to the Bowl, I, I think that would be fantastic. I, I think everybody would become instant Joe Burrow fans if they're not already. It's been quite a story for this young man and his young NFL career. Um, whether they were to face the 49ers or the Rams, I made the Rams a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Cincinnati. I made the Niners a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Cincinnati. That's exactly what they have up at the Westgate. Uh, I, I mean, if the Bengals get here, don't you just have to put something on them to get it done in the big game as well?
1: Well, we, if, if let's say it's San Francisco and Cincinnati. We would go back and I'd want to watch the film of that game where San Francisco won in Cincinnati, but yeah. it was an overtime game, tight competitive game. Go back and, and, and see how those teams matched up the, first go around and it was in Cincinnati. We know it'll be a neutral site here in SoFi stadium in Los Angeles for that matchup. But I, I mean, with, if Cincinnati is able, and this is a big if and, and I'm leaning towards them plus the seven and a half as far as the number is concerned, but that's playing the number, not so much the, the, the matchup here. I just like that number over the hook or getting that hook over the seven but for Cincinnati to be able to go into Kansas City and win that football game, again, it's a big F in my mind. But if they're able to do that, man, how much house money are the Cincinnati Bengals playing with <laughs> going to the Super Bowl? And and Joe Burrow and that team, as far as their, their offensively being able to score, I think my biggest concern with Cincinnati is just that offensive line. And the fact that Burrow still has not learned how to throw the ball away, live to play another down. I mean, that's why they the sacks come because he is so competitive at trying to make those big plays and still trying to feel like every play is an opportunity for us to for for positive yardage and make make some uh, put points on the board that's my biggest concern for Cincinnati not only in this game against Kansas City but if you're going to go and you end up facing San Francisco in that defensive front against that offensive line for Cincinnati that's my biggest concern for Cincinnati to be able to win a Super Bowl if that's the matchup
2: James uh you mentioned you kind of think uh, in your mind the matchup will be the Chiefs and the 49ers is that the same matchup you would want as a fan or a better
1: is that the one you're rooting for uh, for me as a fan yes i i, I want to see Mahomes in there again and uh, it's, it's it's he's such a We've been talking about him for so long. He's still such a young player, so it's incredible what he's been able to accomplish as a young player. And and they've got star power offensively too that aids Mahomes. But he is such a tremendous player. He's so much fun to watch. And then on the San Francisco side, I think it's part of my old school mentality as a football fan, as a young kid growing up, and it was ground and pound, and I liked that kind of team, the physicality, the physical nature, the alpha nature of of football, and the San. Francisco 49ers in that run game and the way that they try to just beat you up for four quarters. And I love that pass rush and those the speed of those linebackers for SF. It's kind of a throwback as far as how I grew up watching football. I love the way the San Francisco 49ers play ball.
2: Yeah, I do too. And really both this season and in 2019. And I'm not so sure this team isn't better than their team in 2019. I, I tell you what, I, I have a feeling. I think the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. I think they will beat the Rams and beat whoever it is they face for a second straight week in SoFi Stadium. We'll come back with the final segment of the Pro Football Blitz. Stick with us. We'll be back with more on v the Sports Betting Network.
0: Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on v the Sports Betting Network.
2: Join the playoffs action with the Supercuts Fantasy Super Series. Play free fantasy football and basketball in this eight-part contest series and compete for a cut of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com Supercuts now to get in on the action. It's not just any haircut, it's Supercuts. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz. We have reached the final segment here before uh, they will kick off on championship weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, James, you and I were talking about this Kansas City Chiefs-Cincinnati matchup where... It was just a few weeks ago that Cincinnati beat Kansas City. Of course, that was in Cincinnati. Now, we have some sound bites here from uh, throughout the week, and I wanted to talk about one uh, where Joe Burrow was talking about the crowd noise at Arrowhead Stadium, and, and you brought that up, James. Going to be much different. Let's hear what Joe Burrow had to say about the crowd noise.
3: You know, in the
0: SEC, every single week, it seems like that You know, every stadium is really loud. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of people. Um, you know, this one is going to be similar.
3: You know, we, we expect it to be really loud. We're talking about it throughout the week. You know, we're going to have to be great with our communication, our nonverbal communication, just like every week on the road.
2: So Joe Burrow basically saying, uh, I, I'm experienced with this type of thing. I played in the SEC. I'm used to a loud uh, crowd. And and I understand that. But uh, this, this is probably a little bit different. And, and maybe it's not. He's been to the national championship as
1: well. Yeah, I don't think it's so much on the quarterback. I think it's more so the offensive line. And do the do the defenders start to get a cadence and get a read off the silent counts? Or what? how do how they start to snap the football for Cincinnati? They've got to be in unison. The tackle's got to be in unison, knowing when they can start to drop back into their pass sets. And I think that's where we've seen, and, and I can I can speak to this from a few years ago here in Mile High Stadium. Now, Mile High Stadium in Denver... When that crowd gets after it and they actually get the blue-collar folks in the, in that stadium as opposed to the wine and cheese crowd that's there a lot of times – in the regular season, man, it is rocking place. And I remember that game when the back for the year that the Broncos won that Super Bowl in Super Bowl 50, they played the AFC championship game at home here in Mile High. And those defenders on the edges, in particular, in particular Von Miller was able to get he got a good read on Brady and their snap and their snap cadence, being able to get off even just a half a step before that tackle could drop back into pass protection and really just made life miserable for Brady. He took a beating in that game. I think that's where the crowd noise plays into a factor because you're going to have to go silent count. Are those tackles always in unison? Are they getting off the ball a little late? Can somebody like, we know Jones is going to be uh, be banging up the box, but can somebody like Clark and or Ingram, if they move Ingram around and bring Ingram on that edge, can those guys get maybe a half a step into that, across that line of scrimmage and get an edge rushing the passer. I think that's where crowd noise can be really effective for the defense at home, being able to get a little jump off the snap.
2: All right. What uh, James would be your final score prediction for
1: Cincinnati at Kansas city? Oh boy. I, Final score. I mean, this one, I'm staying away from the total here. It's such a – I was looking – if I was going to get involved with the total, I was looking more so at that first half playing that under. It was sitting at 27.5, and, and we'll see if that moves the juices towards the under a little bit, maybe 15 cents there. I kind of lean towards the under more so in the first half than the for the full games. I think both of these quarterbacks, we know the weapons that are out there offensively. And Kansas City is not going to be one that's going to revert back to the to the running game. This is going to be a Kansas City full-throttle offense, but both teams keeping everything in front. Do we see more safety coverage uh, to high safety, especially from Kansas City, knowing how Jamar Chase just shredded their, their man coverage last game? Does that lend to, yes, more completions, but a faster clock? But both of these teams are so adept at putting the ball in the end zone. They're not going to be settling. I know Cincinnati settled for field goals last week, kicking four of them at Tennessee. Field goals are not – and they got a tremendous kicker. I mean, that kid was – talk about confidence and nails for a young fella coming into a big situation last week at Tennessee. Everything right down the middle. But you're not going to be able to win this football game in the Arrowhead kicking field goals in this case. They're going to have to put some points on the board. I'd lean towards the under – Uh, But I think the Chiefs win this football game. Uh, Something around, that's why I like the hook here. Do the Chiefs win by seven? Does it come down to a one-score game? I kind of suspect it does. I don't know if it comes down to the last possession. I just feel like the Chiefs, for collectively for four quarters, their experience playing there at home and Patrick Mahomes and, and and company there having been there and done that now in the AFC championship game in Arrowhead for the fourth straight year. I just think it's a tall order for the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game outright. Can they cover that seven and a half number? I lean that way as far as the score is concerned. I think the Chiefs get to 30, and it's somewhere 30 to 24, uh, something to that effect. I'm really not great at trying to predict out scores, but I think it's going to be somewhere right around where the numbers are. These are sharp lines. We know this late in the season, Brady. These numbers from the books are putting out both on the side and total are really sharp. So uh, let me just let me just ride the fence with this, and I'll say it's 30. I'll say it's 30 to 24. 30 to 24 in favor of Kansas City.
2: It's pretty funny. Uh, and maybe it's because we've been doing this show for 20 weeks or whatever together. I came up with the exact same score 30 to 24. <laughs> so <laughs> 30 to 24 in favor of the Chiefs. Let's shift over to the NFC Championship game. And uh, I want to talk about uh, or uh, hear from Kyle Shanahan anyway. Again, we have another sound clip from Kyle Shanahan talking about past Super Bowls and emphasize, uh, emphasizing closing the game. It's not only the Super Bowl that he lost, uh, you know, to the Chiefs in 2019, but when he was offensive coordinator against Tom Brady, 28-3. to 3, We know all that. Um, we've seen Kyle Shanahan do this more than once, and I guess he talked about it here, the emphasis on finishing a football game. I mean, yeah, you always think about that stuff. I mean, you go through – I mean, just like anybody, when you have big moments in your life, whether it's really good or really bad, I mean, those are things that you think about from time to time. But, you know, I was pretty committed when I got in this profession, doing everything you can to have an opportunity to someday win a Super Bowl, um, losing those. Um, it's hard to say it makes it stronger because I feel like it's that's how, how, how I started off. Um, but it, you know how hard it is to get there. I I think that's the biggest thing um, It's how hard it is to get there. And you just want an opportunity to get there again um, because you feel if you can get there, you can do it. Um, But I, I know, I know the road that it takes to get there and it's, it's not easy. um, And you're looking for every second you can to get that opportunity again. So Kyle Shanahan there. uh, And I agree with him, James, you got to get there first and and then, uh, you know, maybe you kind of exhale and put together your game plan for that. But um, You know, it would seem like uh, after a couple swings and misses
1: that Kyle Shanahan would have learned his lesson. Well, and closing out games. uh, It helps to close out games when you have a tremendous run game and you can can move the sticks, grind the clock out, and wear down your opponent. That's how San Francisco's built. But, man... Closing games just a couple of weeks ago, it got a little dicey in that in that game at Dallas. They had a 23 to 7 lead later latter part of that fourth or that third quarter, and it it came down to the last possession with Dallas having an opportunity. You know, whatever that last play call was with Dak basically trying to run up the box for or run up run between the numbers for 30 25 yards, whatever that was, and basically lost the game because they didn't get one more opportunity to to try to either or to try to get one last attempt to the end zone. Yeah, I I think closing games comes through experience and sometimes Brady you have those tough losses that builds a uh, kind of builds uh, builds a little toughness with your with your mental capacity to be able to all right we've been there we've learned from that it's motivated us it's driven us through in the off season and getting better each and every year each and every week in this case here with the San Francisco 49ers and it helps to be able to close those games like I said Brady when you can run the football I'd rather have San Francisco with the last possession ahead, feeling like that's how they'll close the game as opposed to if they're behind. And now it comes down to the passing attack from Garoppolo. But they needed that last time. They were down 17 to nothing that last game back in week 18. It was basically a playoff game for San Francisco. And Garoppolo was able to drive them down late in that fourth quarter to score that game-tying touchdown and ultimately win the game in overtime.
2: All right, I'm going to make you predict a score again. Where are you going for the Rams hosting
1: the 49ers? I'm going to take San Francisco to pull the upset. I love the cover plus the four and a half laying 20 cents. That's where I got them, but I also did the money line plus 165. I think the 49ers are built for this. They've already been there. They're the tougher team. They're the more physical team, and I think they'll win this football game outright. I'll take San Francisco. Let's make it 23-20.
2: 23 to 20. Okay. Um, I was not, uh, we we did not match up on the exact same score in this one, but uh, relatively close. I have 27, 26, I I, I think the Niners will get to 27 points. I'm not sure where the Rams will get exactly, but I think you're going to have uh, more offense maybe than uh, some people expect here. Again, a relatively low total at 45 and a half. James, that is going to do it for us. Thank you very much, my friend. You enjoy championship weekend. Thank you to our technical crew. Thank you to our producer, Dan Miller. Thank you to you for tuning in to VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.